The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Transformational Healing, with your host, Dr. Bonnie Morrow. There are a variety of techniques for hands-on healing that can help you move closer to your vision of good health. In our program, we discuss both the business and science of dealing with different aspects of the healthy community with specialists in various energy practices. Now, here is Dr. Bonnie Morrow. Hello, good morning, and welcome to Transformational Healing. This is Dr. Bonnie. And we are worldwide today, and I will introduce my client in a moment, but she is from Nepal, and Aparna, can you greet the Aparna, the uh, Nepalese community in Nepalese, please? Namaste, ma Nepal bada ayko, sabai lai samji rakhe kuchu. All righty, and how about, uh, do you speak uh, Indian at all? Cause yeah, the I Ind- do. Can you greet them in Indian? Namaste, I am from Nepal. Okay, thank you. <laughs> okay. All right. We are lucky today to have Miss Aparna here. She is from Nepal. She's a healing touch practitioner and instructor, and uh, I have been to Nepal a couple of times, and at the moment, she's in the United States taking a sabbatical from the earthquake. Uh, so, Aparna, can you tell us a little bit about yourself before we go into the earthquake and healing touch? Thank you, Dr. Bani. I'm so blessed to be here and able to share with with you all about the, the um, about the situation in Nepal and taking the healing touch to Nepal. Um, I have been involved in healing touch program for more than ten years, and I'm working in Nepal and India training the healing touch students. And currently, I have over four hundred students trained in level one. And um, uh, a couple of the um, session, a couple um, about fifty level two, and very late uh, less for level three and level four. So I've been fortunate to come to uh, here with all your invitation and love, and to uh, unleash uh, the stress I've been carrying during that earthquake. And healing touch has been a greatest tool to help the people in all over the places wherever the earthquake really affected. So uh, let's talk about the earthquake a minute. So that was uh, 8 on the Richter scale, is that correct? 
Yeah, there is a debate still. It was, uh, people believe it was eight, but there was some political situation. So if there is uh, eight rectors, then there will be open border or uh, nobody can control. So because of this political situation, they record less than eight, but it people who experienced before and also some people believe it was eight, but actually it was recorded 7.8. Aha. Okay. And can you tell us about that day when you felt the first earthquake tremor? Yeah, it was a Saturday, 25th of um, um, April, and 10 minutes to uh, uh, 12. And uh, I was in a city center, Kathmandu Academy, one of the biggest academy hall um, in the center of the Kathmandu. And uh, I was attending a workshop on cultural heritage. It's an anthropological research study and a paper presenting. And I was uh, I was in third floor. And uh, with my all my participants uh, and the presenters, and um, oh, it's it's a big building, and uh, we were a little late to start with. Uh, so our plan was to have our lunch after twelve, and but uh, everything pushed back, so we couldn't finish until we were expecting to finish one one and have a lunch. But um, it's, we were just busy. One of our colleagues was presenting, and then somebody told earthquake, and I was in the middle of the circle, and uh, my intuition just told, get out from here. When I looked up on the ceiling, I saw it's really thick. It's a 100 years old building, and I felt, oh, if I go under the table, um, it will just smash, so I better get out from there. And my friends, most of them, they tried to go under the table. I and a dozen of us tried to get out from the staircase. I got, I tried to got, get out from the stairs, and I was like so trembling from throwing one side to other side. It's about six feet wide, big staircase, and I was holding one side, and then I would be in the other side. Luckily, my head didn't hit, and now I went back after that. I was just, I could not believe it could have, it could just touch my head somewhere in this concrete, and finally, I was thrown outside the um, building and the ground. And then that day, this uh, um, academy center is always busy. That day, we had a big uh, election day for the Lions Club um, all over the country. So there are many booths, and thousands of people were had outside booth, and they were busy there. And for lunch, there were catering service around. It was really crowded. And then right after first earthquake lasted 56 minutes more than even. So I, everybody came out after it stopped. Then it continued many, almost 50 more than that. And everybody were surrounded um, in the whole area. Luckily, there were lots of trees and lots of open space so everybody can get there. And... Um, there were my colleagues who were in our group, 
uh, they already had experience of earthquake, which uh, we had one earthquake, bigger earthquake in 1985. And it was uh, epicentric in um, East Nepal. So there were a couple of, um, four or five, yeah, almost a dozen of friends who were there, and they were so scared. And they, when they came out from that hall, they left their mobile, cell phone, they left their shoes, they left their purse, and they were holding my hand. I was trying, I started giving it, them comfortable, and right there I started my healing touch. And then I took them, I went by myself. I was fearless. I was just busy to help them. I went a couple of times upstairs, and some of the cell phones were, were already gone, and some of the purses were gone that people take opportunity when that, uh, that events happen. And I couldn't find everybody's, but I got a couple of cell phones and then their purse, and I brought back to them, and I was holding their hand and giving their healing and comfort and taking them back in the toilet whenever, restroom whenever they had to go. It was such a such a scary, but I wasn't scared all the time I was with them, and it just continued, and the, with all the, the communication being cut off, everybody's trying to call their children, their family, loved ones, and it was so scary, and my families, my friends, and loved ones all tried to call, no communication. So mostly the women, and they remember their children. They started screaming. It was a Saturday. They were, we all were in that hall, and the children were at home, and some of them were really worried. They said, oh, I didn't even turn off my gas cylinder. We use gas cylinder. And my children always hang out in the kitchen, and it's a time for lunch. What would happen? It was such a scary for all of them. And um, it continued for three hours, and finally we decided to have a, everybody decided to have a lunch. So our catering services were already there. There were food there, and so we all ate um, good food. And um, I then when I that's the time I felt one of my closest friends brought me a plate while I was working with. Uh, doing healing thoughts with my other colleagues, and she said, oh, Aparna, you can save your time. I have a plate for you with me. So I looked at, she's a vegetarian, and I just told, I don't, I want to eat whatever I want, so I don't know this can be my last meal, so I'll just go and eat, and I ate without any any problem, but many of my colleagues, they couldn't even follow, and it was really, really painful. Oh, I hear that. And the tremors lasted for uh, several days, didn't they? Oh, it continued, yeah, it continued, and when still, um, it was frequently for three hours, then it went like within half an hour and one hour, and about it four o'clock, and I and my friend decided uh, um, to walk. There was no other choices. There is no the trees were um, fell down, houses been collapsed in Kathmandu, and the road were blocked. So most of them, I think almost all, had to walk some point and. Some of them had a motor scooter, and they lost their shoes, and they tried to go barefoot. 
And I and my friend walked to, my friend lives closer than me, so we walked about 45 minutes to her house, and she invited me to go to her house because the day I was by myself. And I, then I felt, oh, what happened to my house? My house is not that strong. It is not an earthquake proof. It's just a wall. The foundation is only dirt and big rocks. Um, so I, de- I decided I would just walk to my house. Then another 40 minutes, I just continued walking to my house. And I saw lots of stores being opened. There's glasses being broken. I had to be careful to walk. And people were all on the street. And such a, such a terrible time. And I cried all the way looking at that, What what is happening now. And then finally, about... Ten minutes before I got my home, and I made my neighbors, and they were they lost their families, my family members, and they were screaming, and the, the house being collapsed. And then I felt, oh my God, now what's happening now? Um, so my house, I, the French house, was even stronger than my house and newer. And I thought, oh, my house must be collapsed or something happened. Luckily, nobody. That was a Saturday. I was renting one. Uh, I'm renting my one of the flat for the mini bank, and so because of Saturday, nobody was there. So I. It took me about ten minutes walk. It took me forty five minutes to walk. Ten minutes time. Um, I couldn't tell you, Doctor Bonnie, how how my leg, my I couldn't lift up my feet up, one centimeter, two centimeter, each step, I went outside the house. I could not look up my house, and my house is even a height, a height um, higher level than the road level, and everybody were outside in the, on the street. And I looked, my house was standing, but I didn't have my God to go inside the house. And then I just came out on the street, and lots of young children and elderly people all were crying, screaming. Um, every time the tremor didn't stop. It just like last. Um, it last. It came after um, one hour or half an hour, but it didn't last. Even a small tremor makes everybody scared, and many elderly had a like a heart attack, and some children. Screaming, Ayo, Ayo, Ayo means came, came. So I tried, I gave them a healing as much as I could. And then that night, all night, we walked. This terrible thing was it's rain and it rains, and there's, we cannot, nobody can go inside the house. Nobody's prepared for tent or tarp. There were pure safe places, they were already taken. So I walked up and down all my community and did a healing work. I wasn't tired. I wasn't hungry. Uh, but um, after that big tremor, uh, not many people reported they were killed. But nobody knows the communication was completely completely cut off, electricity was cut off, and the water system was cut off. And then the next day, I just walked to see my one of my neighbors, um, 
and uh, she, uh, their, their husband and wife were living in that house. Their children were in abroad, and um, I just went to see how they are doing. And uh, she was cooking for her husband, who had a diabetes, and he developed a hypoglycemia. So she had to go inside the house with all the fear, but nobody could go. But she went and made some rice, watery rice soup, and she just brought to her husband on the street. And I was there, and she asked, have you eaten? I didn't even felt it was day or night, or I wasn't hungry. And she reinforced me to have a little bit of his soup. And then I realized, oh, I didn't eat like another 40, more than 30 hours. Right. Um, Aparna, let's take a quick break and okay. we'll come back. Okay. Thank you, Dr. Bonnie. No. Okay. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Dr. Bonnie Morrow's passion is to make healing available in every home around the world. You can find out more about Healing Touch classes available wherever you are. Dr. Bonnie is here to share her knowledge and expertise in energy medicine as both a teacher and facilitator. To use Healing Touch for those you love, contact Healing Touch Texas for a class schedule. You can contact Dr. Bonnie via email at HealingTouchTX at AOL.com or visit the website at transformational-healing.org. You want to have the highest quality of life possible, and you want to live as healthy a life as possible, so you can do everything you want to do. But there are all kinds of myths with regard to what's right, what's healthy, and what is best. Debunk that misinformation by tuning into Shattering the Status Quo with Dr. Michael Quast. You should be able to make your own choices with your health and your life, and you should be well-informed to make those choices. Tune in every Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Much of the time, the illnesses that people feel are simply symptoms and they mask the root cause of what the real health problem is. You can take back control of your own health, starting with Billionaire Healthcare. This program is hosted by Ashley Black and Dari Samia. Our program will introduce you to fascia, which is the knowledge of the living matrix. This bit of knowledge can bring you the health secrets that only the rich and famous have known until now. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health and Wellness. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Transformational Healing. To reach Dr. Bonnie Morrow or her guest today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to HealingTouchTX at AOL.com. Now, back to Transformational Healing. Welcome back to Transformational Healing. Today, this is Dr. Bonnie. And today, our very special guest is Aparna Bahatu, 
and she's from Nepal. And uh, during our first segment, she was talking about the earthquake, and it must have been so frightening. And Aparna, are you there? Yes, Dr. Bonnie, I'm here. Okay. Uh, Would you tell them how you used Healing Touch? Yes, Dr. Bonnie. I already mentioned Healing Touch was the greatest tool to help at that situation. And it was uh, it was uh, very receptive, and it helps lots of lots of people. It's more than they needed water and food. And the, from the right after that first tremor, I started giving healing touch. Then after settling second day, and I called all my healing touch students and my community, and we started going out of the Kathmandu. And um, where, where mostly affected was Sindhupalchuk district. And um, we split it into the group and we started giving healing touch. But on top of healing touch, we had to, we could not ignore their other needs. Many people were, had a cut and bleeding and wound and the house has been collapsed and they didn't have their food, water, um, clothing. So we started giving the first first priority, first thing. There was bleeding. We tried to stop the bleeding and putting some bandages and trying to call to send to a hospital wherever we can. And during that time, and we provided healing thoughts and provided them immediate relief of food, water, and and clothing and um, supplies for the children and uh, medicine for um, sick people. Um, so we did a comprehensive uh, support uh, on, on top of um, healing touch. And so it went, it touched more than 20,000 people in different ways with, uh, with our whole healing touch students and including me. And we got all the blessing and support from Healing Touch Worldwide Foundation, which was the greatest source for us at the time. We conducted 12 health camps and treated more than 3,000 people and different people um, medically. And Healing Touch, more than 20,000 people received Healing Touch. Providing Healing Touch was most most convenient. We don't need medicine. We don't need um, supplies. We didn't need uh, Place we started the healing anywhere on the spot, on the spot, and, and the ground and the mat, and sometimes the people just standing. We did the group healing, and the first relief was food, water, um, taking care of own, and sending them to the right places as much we can. But we could not touch everybody. We cannot reach there. And then that the continued rain uh, was affecting people's life, and most of them ended up on, under the sky and the rain and children and sick people, they were completely soaked and, um, and developed pneumonia and mosquito. At the time, we had a high humid and the mosquito just braid everywhere, no toilets, no drainage, no water. Um, so they needed an immediate need with, uh, along with food and clothing and um, medicine supplies, so provided immediate need. Tarp, at least to have a temporary shelter, 
and mosquito nets and blankets and children's sanitary, even a little soap and water disinfectant materials and whatever we could provide, wherever we can, we started doing that. And within a week, there was a big storm came and the tarp, not only us, and many other organizations also provided in many places and they just tore out because of the strong wind and storm, and they were again in the same places. And many families were squeezed under the little chicken cube, which was not even clean. And the, we have uh, seasonal mushroom farming, and the mushroom has lots of chemicals. They were on the inside the mus- mushroom room, and children got and. Even small elderly people got allergy and cough and sneezing, all kind of allergy, and it was really, really hard. So with the foundation's help, and we were able to provide a corrugated roof um, um, on 90 households, who, who, those people who lost their family member. So we prioritized to give this in one of the affected areas in the Pulsar district where first epicentric was there. And they were at least, they had a roof over their head even if they didn't have a comfortable um, room and they, don't have, they didn't have even any like a wall, anything, but at least they can have roof and we provided blankets and mosquito net and that helps lots. We all communities and us and our recipients are greatly um, grateful with the foundation's help. Without the foundation help, I could do, we could do, our team can just provide a healing touch, but not addressing first need at the immediate need, I could not, we could not even approach healing. We stopped the bleeding wound, then started giving the healing touch, and they felt comfortable and helped to release the pain. Right, right. So the first thing you you must do is to stop the bleeding and get them something to eat and something over their head to keep the rain out, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you said that in the chicken coop people were living? Yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, the t- um, uh, Greg went to Nepal right after he was right after the earthquake, and he made some of the YouTube, uh, which um, uh, which shows the record of a chicken coop, how they were crumbling like one chicken coop. There are chicken and goat and people and children and it's wet and dirty. And the chickens, um, they get the, not the good food. They have all these chemicals, like hormones. And there are lots of lots of people develop lots of allergy. And we had to work as a healing touch team had to work to release the pain on the allergies too, on top of their pain and emotional and physical pain. We have to clear all these um, 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 allergic out of their system before we can even work in their real problem, Dr. Bunny. Yes, I understand that. It must have been terrifying for everybody. It was. It was. And uh, um, my experience, um, right after the earthquake and uh, when Greg flew to Nepal to help whatever he can help, and uh, he didn't uh, land it uh, until three-third day. 
and the first day he could not even get out from the um, one of the um, um, United States domestic flight, and then next day he's, um, we could not communicate. And there was um, in the airport when I went to receive him, there was a plane being landed, plane being landed, but uh, there's no communication. We cannot talk to anybody there, and that's, he never came out. Never came out for many hours, almost eight hours, and. Uh, so I also felt that the airport was um, the safest place. I just stayed there and the airport a uh, couple of times came outside and even people were coming to receive their people and the lots of family members, their police communities, their uh, family members living abroad, they were coming and those People were in panicking, and they had a heart problem. They had, could not breathe. They had a pain. I, I started giving healing thoughts as much as I can. And during that time, I taught many, many people just a few techniques which they can help each other. That really helped them lots in uh, pain and lots of us um, rescue team were coming and trying to find out the uh, Many dead, many um, collapsed building, and uh, trying to get out the people out. But um, it was hard to find out one of the building. How it was a business building in Kathmandu. There were sixty people been collapsed, and then the rescue team had to break all the pillars to take out even their dead body. None of them survived, and the house has been so interestingly collapsed the sum of the concrete house and the ground floor just shrunk two story down there. People on the top floor or the third floor were on the ground, they were safe, the, but the people in two floors and ground floor were mostly killed. Huh. Hmm. That's interesting, isn't it? Never know how an earthquake is going to work. So, uh, I'm hearing from you that the airport was closed for three days? Um, yeah, first day it closed like um, a couple of um, six, seven hours. But they opened, but the airport uh, gave a priority for the rescue team. There were lots of lots of rescue who came from all over many countries. Um, India, U.S., and many countries of Europe, uh, and they got the first priority. So they were over traffic, so the other people, the normal people cannot land, and they were just flying over the sky for many, many hours, and they had to divert somewhere to refill the fuel, and so many of them went to divert. They, they were diverted to Calcutta and Banarasi, nearest airport, uh, just to get the fuel. Yes. Boy. That that is got to be most frightening, and to have a firsthand account of that is is very ref- refreshing. That's probably not a good word, but it's good to know to to talk to you to have somebody who was there during all of this. Thank you, Doctor Bani. I'm yes. so glad I can share. I I'm still scared, and my voice is not clear because I just went there what 
situation there. I was so refreshed <laughs> being around here and for several days. <laughs> but I, my voice, you can hear when I, I'm talking to you, it's just emotionally, my emotional body is right there. And I'm just like, oh, I to breathe. Yes, but it's important to tell the story, you know, because yes. if if we tell our listeners, well, it was bad, yes. and they say, yes, it was bad. But when you tell your story, yes. then they can say, it was bad. So, so thank you for sharing all that. And the foundation was able to support you? Yes, the foundation is the only biggest uh, supporter at the time for us, for my our community in Nepal. Because I have many friends and loved ones. They put $100, they send $50 here and there, but that's, that's not, I could do much. I could buy some, some food, some supplies, but the way we were able to support many, many people only from the Healing Touch, uh, the Worldwide Foundation support and with the, all my Healing Touch community from all over, whoever contributed, we are so grateful. And I don't think how can we even thank in a word, but uh, all thanks from not only from me, the receiver, and our community, and how Nepali people, it's been wonderful support, and we are really, really grateful. And thank you, Dr. Bani, for giving me this opportunity to be able to express our gratitude to all our Worldwide Foundation and you and other communities who supported us. You're welcome. You're welcome. Let's take another quick break, Aparna, and we'll be right back. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Dr. Bonnie Morrow's passion is to make healing available in every home around the world. You can find out more about Healing Touch classes available wherever you are. Dr. Bonnie is here to share her knowledge and expertise in energy medicine as both a teacher and facilitator. To use Healing Touch for those you love, contact Healing Touch Texas for a class schedule. You can contact Dr. Bonnie via email at HealingTouchTX at AOL.com or visit the website at transformational-healing.org. What causes us to be sick? We're not talking about the actual illness or the scientific cause of illnesses. We're talking about your body and health. Listen for the healing whisper of Return to Peace. Each week, host Dr. Marianne Chase shows you how to listen to your heart to identify poor health, stress, and disease. You'll learn how to heal energetically and spiritually as well as physically. It's time to depend less on the drugs and more on the heart. The Healing Whisper airs live every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. We are bombarded daily with information about beauty products and anti-aging treatments. Do you know how they have been tested? Are they truly going to make a change or just take the change out of your pocket? Tune in to Shelly's Show and Tell with host Shelly Hancock. We'll bring you the top-rated skincare products and treatments tested by Real Transformation Skincare Centers. We'll motivate you to make the best changes. 
Listen Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health & Wellness. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Transformational Healing. To reach Dr. Bonnie Morrow or her guest today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to HealingTouchTX at AOL.com. Now, back to Transformational Healing. This is Dr. Bonnie. Welcome back to Transformational Healing. And today, our very special guest is Aparna Bahatu. And she is Nepalese from Nepal. And she w- she's been telling us about the earthquake, first-hand version, somebody who was there. And she has also been talking about doing her healing touch and doing healing during this time that she immediately started doing healing touch for her neighbors in the street who were crying and, and wailing and being afraid. So Aparna was there. And Aparna, can you tell us, can you tell us, I know that we were, we've been talking about Kathmandu and the earthquake. Can you tell us about your your healing center that's um, a little ways outside Kathmandu? Yes, Dr. Bani. My healing center is 18 miles out of Kathmandu, and in that neighborhood there were 300 households, only three houses been survived. All houses been collapsed. And then all the people were outside, and all the food, all the clothing, and their valuable things been all lost in the mud. The houses in the, outside the Kathmandu were built with rocks and um, dirt. So when that big tremor, the shock, the sick happened, and it just the, the um, big um, rocks were just like moving and collapsed everything and many, many animals were killed and if, uh, not very many in my healing center and we started we started helping from Kathmandu to the my healing center which is 18 miles away and then we started going to the district, the Sindhupalchuk district uh, where I've been working there many years and that was the epicentric and then many many people and the first quake there are thousands of people been killed and many many thousands of animals been killed and uh, there were lots of rescue people had a truck um, driving on the roadhead side um, and providing water food or medical team there were a lot but the problem was like everybody can drive until only certain a certain distance and from there the people who were even a half a mile from the roadhead could not come up to the where they had health services and temporary health camp where they were providing food because most of them are 
sick, they, they couldn't even come out, and um, they, nobody knows, and the communication was completely, completely closed, and uh, even there is, there is, uh, there could be com- uh, communication, nobody can do that, so only people are concerned about their immediate family, they couldn't really reach out to the People where the small villages, small the villages are scattered everywhere, and mostly this community live different ethnic communities or different caste and different tribe. They have a different hamlet here, little village there, little village there. To go to from one village to another village takes hours of work, and we, our team, whoever can go walk and a hike. We went with our um, full backpack of medicine and supplies and uh, went there and tried to find out many people were, were not reaching any medical help and their legs were broken, their hand were broken, their head was broken and bleeding, could not even move. So we tried to do the best we could with them and then we comfort them and tried to call the people aware of the van and ambulance can come on the road ahead. And then the people had to carry for hours on the basket, on a big basket, carry people, have to carry people to the roadhead. And then we brought to the Kathmandu. Even all the Kathmandu hospitals and closest hospitals were full. They could not provide uh, services. And many of the hospitals were crap and some of them could not work. And, and people and the medical crew, medical team, they could not work there because everybody uh, was scared and uh, the house has been like, when there, when there, every tremor, it was a, such a different kind of a experience. Even though we were the same place and same tremor, but we felt a different, um, different experience that I will never understand. And some of uh, one of my healing touch students, she was feeling all the time every tremor. It would just lift her or butt, or lift her up, up her. And uh, I felt pushing me one direction. And then my other student, other friends felt like helicopters coming to them. So in the same area, how the earthquake sound, I really don't understand. Maybe it's a, we all have a different energy, how we take our care. It was such a difficult to understand. And going back to the remote part of the country, and I had, we organized a medical team. We tried to go to the where people haven't been there, carrying our supplies, medicine on a big basket, and uh, we conducted the healing t- um, um, medical camp plus healing thoughts and relief work. Same time, um, so we spent three, four days in one community, then we walked the inner community and another community. So in one of the, my um, health camp, uh, many people came uh, the one girl was uh, age for uh, 22 years old, young girl, and she didn't even know the earthquake uh, first tremor. She was uh, that was their lunch time, and she went to look for her nephew was visiting from her sister's house, and she that was, uh, she went to call him, find him, come for lunch, come for lunch, and she doesn't remember anything. And her mother and daughter, uh, daughter-in-law were in the house. Um, the, they, they were escaped from the house. 
and that particular community, people are so grateful. And if there would be man in man would be in that particular community in that day, the many would be dead because mostly they work in the morning and they eat their lunch and the man take a nap for a couple of hours and their bedroom is upstairs. They have like a two-story house and downstairs animals and kitchen and their bedroom is upstairs. Um, they, that day, as some of the, one of the 45 years old guy committed suicide. He hung up himself to kill himself and uh, that is previous night so they had to take to the cremation place. So the old men from that particular community were like hundreds of men. They had to carry their firewood and water and some of the, their ritual things. So they all were in that river side where they do the cremation. The only women and elderly or children at, were at the home. This 22-year-old girl, Sanu Kanchi, she just came back from the, her collecting photos for her animal, and her mom told her, come for lunch, and she said, oh, wait a minute, I'll get um, Babu. Babu means younger boy. So she was calling Babu, Babu, but um, that's all she knew. She didn't know anything, and her mom collapsed. Um, her 96 years old grandmother was totally um, unconscious, shocked, because they saw uh, she just walking that house where there was nothing left, about four, five feet tall, wall completely collapsed. And then nobody believed she was alive, so mom and grandmother couldn't do anything, but one of her sister-in-law saw she was right there. And she said, oh, come on, she was here. I saw her standing here calling the little boy. But mom and grandmother could not really believe she would arrive alive. So the sister-in-law, with her eyes, she witnessed where she was before the wall fell down. She tried to, she was in the tears and screaming, and she threw all the rocks one after another. Finally, she saw the little small piece of her trousers collar. So she said, I found, I found, and then mother also came and helped her, and they told she was two hours under that hole, completely covered with the rocks. I could not believe when I went there, I saw there. And mother said when they finally got through her, she was like a green plant, bright uh, like spinach. There was nothing, and mother felt her heartbeat, and she could not feel her heartbeat, but she felt a little warmth in her heart. So they put her on her back, um, sister-in-law put on her back and carried to the safer place. And so they, after many hours, she just started opening her eyes, and she was telling, she became conscious, and she was telling, oh, kill me, kill me, let me die. Why did you survive me, my whole body? I couldn't move anything. I couldn't breathe. So why I want to live like a vegetables? And she was crying that, and at the time, the men were already back home, and then they couldn't do that day anything. So next day, they carried her on the back of a big basket and carried eight hours down in the place where the helicopter were rescuing, rescuing people to bring the hospital. 
So the one of the helicopter picked her up her and brought to the military hospital. They kept her several days, and um, they told her it's okay. She has to go back because she's okay now. She can go back home. They have to take because there are many other clients and other people than her. So they didn't give any good instruction, no physiotherapy, no nothing. And so they took her back home, and she was in pain and agony all the time. And the time I found her, she came to our health camp was after three weeks. And all three weeks, she couldn't move, she couldn't eat, and she was such in pain. Every one word she can tell, let me die, give me a poison. What did you, why did you save me? And she was really telling her sister-in-law. And we found out her there, and our orthopedician looked at the um, x-rays, which they took in the military hospital, her um, pelvic bone was fractured in four different places, and her backbone was um, fractured. And he, he told, we need to send her a hospital, we need to send her a hospital. So we, again, we carried to her up to the roadhead and they carrying, then put her on ambulance and sent to the hospital, and the hospital already told, we know we have to correct this surgically, but we don't have that technology to correct her complication. It just has to um, let it uh, heal itself and with the help of uh, um, physiotherapy. So we put her in a rehabilitation center in a couple of weeks, and we gave a healing every day, and we were there. And after three weeks, uh, I brought her in my healing center in Navarcourt, and we we kept her there, and with all our physiotherapy healing, uh, healing touch, and um, teaching. At the time, she was already better, so we taught her how to heal herself and uh, how to help other people. So she learned many techniques of healing touch. Um, so she's much, much better now. The problem is now, um, with the help of a foundation, we did immediate help, immediate need, we provided immediate need, even some roof over some many people, but this brought her to the hospital, and she's still continuing physiotherapy, and she's, she can walk around, but the problem now, she's younger, she had all her life ahead of her, but she is... Um, she used to do the farming work where in Nepal we do farming work doing manually. She had to dig manually. She had to carry uh, fodder, collect the fodder from the forest and long way, hours walk, put in the big basket and bring back and feed her cattle and then get the milk to the hours to the dairy. That's how she was supporting her parents and her younger brothers and sister. But now she cannot do anything. She, we could not do any surgery. We could not correct her. Her one leg is a little shorter than other leg. She can walk. And now we are trying to find her income generation project so if we can make some training and buy equipment or even the market for her income generation to learn something easier to survive herself 
and we are planning to send her her own community. We cannot uh, uh, keep her all the time in like a little shelter or little little places. She is more white, and she learn lots and. She, even if now she cannot do physical work much, but she, her spirit lifted up because she can do healing work for other people. In fact, she, everybody comes to my clinic and in Nagarkot, I'm not there. And then and other, whenever other people are not around, she gives the healing touch. But in Nepal, it, we cannot make income just doing healing healing thoughts or healing work, but she has to work and do more. And this is one example. I have a millions example. I have more than 20 people I've been supporting in different ways, Dr. Bani. Aparna, yes. We're going to have to go to close soon. <coughs> uh, and our listeners, if you would like to, to support Aparna in her very, very monument task, monumental task in Nepal, you can go to Healing Touch Worldwide Foundation and you can make a donation to help her. Um, And, you know, with 25,000 people dead and no water and no electricity and no communication and no air flights and, and so forth. So we ask you, if you could please help Aparna to send us whatever you could. You know, whatever is um, is helpful. And Aparna, I would like to thank you so very much for taking your time today to talk to our listeners. And I know our Nepal listeners know exactly what you're talking about. And how can they? How can the Nepal listeners get in touch with you to find out about Healing Touch? Thank you, Dr. Bonnie, giving me this opportunity to share the, what the eyewitnesses and I went through. Yeah, anything, any help uh, is great for uh, not only the, the, the one year, yeah, there are many, many needs, but we have to prioritize uh, Nepal community, Healing Touch community, and we are working hard to introduce our healing work and um, they will benefit, but they are not ready to um, just come and pay for the healing work. It has been free for many, many millions of years by shamanic um, healing, and many energy work is already there. Uh, so we'll work hard, and my aim is to train at least level one, level two, so they can benefit, they can work more, and, uh, and they can benefit, and then they will accept more and more. Um, uh, that's my focus in next two years, and I, we need to work many years to make actually to make the um, to make this. Aparna, G. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> it's it's time to go. So thank you so much, and we'll be in touch with you. Thank you so Nam- much, Dr. Bonnie, and thank uh, you for everybody who helps us. Thank you, thank you. Namaste. Namaste. Thank you for listening today. 
Transformational Healing with Dr. Bonnie Morrow is broadcast live every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a healthy week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 